Who would have believed that we would be still recording our, our videos on a Sunday morning during the month of August? It's amazing how quickly the time has, has gone. But before I get into the, the sermon this morning, I want to thank Will for leading us in worship. Uh, Will is not just good on that side of the camera, he's also very good on this side of the camera. And I just love the way that he has led us this morning and I love the, the way that he, he's done that. So thank you, Will, on behalf of all of the church family this morning. I'm going to start a, a new series today, which I uh, will be looking to run over the course of the next uh, few weeks. In fact, for the whole month of, of August, we're going to run this series. And I've entitled the series Church Reunited, okay? Church Reunited. And I trust over the course of the the next uh, 25 to, to 30 minutes, I'll explain my, my thinking behind that. And I, I trust by the end of our, uh, our time together, there will be no hesitation, no doubt of what I've tried to communicate here. So I, I want you to, to take your Bibles and I want you to, to open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to read uh, uh, seven verses from Matthew chapter 16 and reading from verse 13. And that will take us to verse 20. And I'm reading from the New International Version this morning. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am. G, uh, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh or by blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This morning, I want to, to use the, the language, the terminology that Jesus used to describe Peter's confession and off the back of that amazing confession that Peter made, Jesus said this statement, I will build my church. I, I want you to, to nudge the person next to you because maybe they're in a little bit of a slumber. Maybe they're, they're still wiping the sleep away from their eyes or, or maybe they're uh, kind of daydreaming about what they're going to do for the rest of the day. And I want you to look them in the eye and with conviction, with a sense of prophetic edge to your voice, I want you to say, Jesus, God is building his church. Uh, before we dive into this uh, amazing subject and topic, I want to do some reflection th this morning. Uh, the last time we gathered in this setting, in this local church as a as a collective group called Church was Sunday the 15th of March. Uh, for some of our young adults, it was even the week before that as they were attending a, a conference at Abundant Life Church there in Bradford, 
for young adults. But the last time we, we gathered here was Sunday the 15th of March. And literally during the course of the next uh, seven days, we then began to journey on this online church. So on the Sunday the 22nd of March was our very first online service. It was Mothering Sunday and uh, John, he brought a great message on, on that day. And who would have guessed that 20 weeks later, on Sunday the 2nd of August 2020, we would still be filming sermons, we would still be compiling devotions to be put out on a Wednesday. Who would have guessed that we would have had multiple worship sets pulled together by Rue, by John and by Will, who would have guessed that we would have had numerous retakes of error? Uh, how many would have guessed that there would have been so many retakes of sermons? And I'm not going to say to you who has done the most retakes because it wouldn't be fair on Johnny B at all. But I don't want to give that away this morning. They don't call me one take Ian for, for nothing. But who would have guessed 20 weeks later we would still be recording our sermons on online. Like I've already said, over the course of the, the next few weeks, the 2nd, the 9th, the 16th, the 23rd, and the 30th of, of August, we're going to begin to look at this subject, the journey to church reunited. It's a, it's a pathway, it's a roadmap, it's a strategy, it's a plan, it, it's a an advancement forward of how we can once again begin to reunite in the four walls of this, this building. Uh, some may even dare to say normal service will resume shortly uh, due to the breakdown in transmission or the breakdown in our corporate gatherings. Um, but the moment I, I say that statement, I can sense and feel the anxiety that maybe has arisen in your home as I say that, when I say normal services will resume shortly. And when I say words such as that, and when I use the term church reunited, there are a range of opinions that would be generated in every household. There would be a mixture of feelings for and against. And I want to give permission this morning that whatever your opinion may be, whatever your sense of feeling may be, it's okay to have that, that feeling. This morning, I would like to grant you permission to have those feelings. And I don't want you to feel guilty if the feeling is negative about Church Reunited. I don't want you to feel anxious if that's the case. Uh, but we're on a journey to the the reuniting of, of church. Some would even say to me, Ian, we cannot wait for normal services to be resumed. I would like to state this fact this morning that I don't think we will ever return to normal. We will definitely return to something different, but we will not return to normal because I cannot believe that God would allow us to go through this season of time if he wanted us to return to normal. He wants us to return to something different because he's pressed the reboot button, he's pressed the reset button, and he's also pressed the restore button. You, you see, uh, for some, the anxiety of returning to so-called normal 
has generated anxiety and pain within their context. And this morning, whether we are slow adapters or quick adapters, I want us simply to understand this. It's not about the pace, it's about the direction this morning. Uh, the direction is really important. It is. You see, all of us over the course of the last 20 weeks have undergone a season and an experience and seasons and experiences shape us that they begin to define us and they shape us into the person or the people that God would want us to to be but let us just focus for a few moments as I spend this brief time in talking about church reunited you see even this morning, there are church family members who are connected to Riviera Life Church who tune in weekly. There are other members of our family who are extended. They are parts of other church families, other church settings. And maybe over the course of time, you've chosen to listen in to our, our services. But as we just begin to focus on that church reunite, that, that word reunite simply means this, the coming together again after a period of separation. As a local church leader, I, I realize this, that I have a spiritual responsibility to love and serve this community but not just the community within the restraints or the confinements of the four walls of the church. I have a spiritual responsibility to love and to serve the community outside of the church walls as well. And as we begin to church reunite, we need to understand that there are aspects that we have to address. There are needs that we have to address. There are spiritual needs and the context of local church and outside of the four walls as well. There are emotional needs, physical needs and social needs and also there are safety needs we need to take into account. As I've been praying concerning the future and the structure and the direction of our church, I have done a little bit of reminiscing over the course of the last 20 weeks. In fact, not just the last 20 weeks of reminiscing, but reminiscing over the past of our church, 25 years as a local church here in Torquay. Living Waters became Riviera Life Church. And we see that wonderful journey that we've, we've been on. And one of the things that I've reminded myself over and over again is this, that church isn't the building. Church is the people. If you were to have a caption, a heading this morning, church isn't the building, church is the people. You see, church isn't the event that takes place on a Sunday morning at 9.15 or 11.15 or once a month at 10.30. Church isn't a social club that we attend weekly or bi-weekly or monthly, depending on your, your commitment to the house. You see, church is more than the fabric of this building. Church is the makeup of men, women, boys and girls who are like-minded, who have a passion to serve God and a passion to, to worship him. 
I've reminded myself over and over again of the two words that describe church. There's a German word that describes the word church, and it's the word Kirsch. That's K-I-R-C-H-E. And that German word would refer to a location, a geographical place. It's a, it's a place. Yet the Greek word for the word church is ecclesia. And the word ecclesia de describes the, the assembling together of like-minded people. It's about gathering and a gathering with a sense of purpose connected to that. And once again, I just want to remind us as a local church family that we are not defined or shaped by our building, but we are defined and shaped by the purpose that God has planned for us because church is not the fabric of a building. Church is the makeup of men, women, boys and girls of common purpose. One of the other things I've been pondering on over the course of the last 20 weeks as well is this, that church is universal, but church is also local. What, what, do, I, what do I mean about that? Well, church is a collective mix of people. When we talk about the universal church, the Apostle Paul begins to, to describe the universal church by describing the church as a makeup of Jew and Greek, slave and free. And the common person in the Jew and the Greek, the slave and the free, is the one spirit, the one Holy Spirit. And Paul begins to talk to the church and begins to talk about this universal church and simply says this, those who have received salvation through faith and those that have become born again are part of the church. Guys, we're not part of something which is dying, fragmented and burning itself out but we are part of something which is expanding, it's growing, it's developing. Men, women, boys and girls are being saved on a daily basis all over this planet called Earth. And we're part of a universal church which is prevailing, a universal church that is advancing, universal church that is taking ground and reclaiming ground from the enemy, but you also see Paul begins to talk about a local church. And in his letters in the New Testament, he writes specifically, specifically to local churches and begins to outline good practices to them. And we see this universal church, which is the, the, the church around the world, but then the local church, those that have been gathered together, and not just gathered together, those that have been scattered apart as well. They are born-again believers. And he begins to address the local church at a geographical area, a town, a location in Corinth, in Galatia, in Philippi, in Ephesus, in all of these places. And maybe this morning, in the context of what I'm trying to share here, God wants to speak to the church in Torbay. God wants to speak to the church in whatever location you may find yourself living and dwelling in. And the message is simply this. God wants his church to be reunited. You see, the church is not a building. And the church 
is not a singular denomination. As much as I love the framework of denomination and I love the tribe that we're part of, I love the Assemblies of God that we're part of, I was born into Assemblies of God. I've grown up in Assemblies of God. I've served in Assemblies of God. I've served the denomination and the fellowship that we we are. But you see, church is more than a building and church is more than a singular denomination. Church is the body of Christ. What I've been challenged with over the course of the last few weeks is simply this, that God wants his church to be re united. Let's just put it into the context of of Riviera Life Church. For 20 weeks now, we have been scattered. For 20 weeks, you've fellowshiped in your front room, in your kitchen. Some of you have fellowshiped in your bedroom if you've watched it on your TV screens or your iPads or or your your computer screens. But but I'm looking forward to the day when, when the body of local church comes together again as one. And as I read through scripture, I see this, that the Apostle Paul begins to say, come together, don't neglect the gathering together. And in those settings, you can encourage one another, you can be taught, and you can build one another up. One translation says this, you can edify one another. You see, we can build each other up in the knowledge and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm I'm excited about that because I I just sense that we are one week and closer to the church being reunited, the body coming together. And when we've not gathered together, I feel like I've been dismembered. I, I feel like there's part of me which is not here, not connected And the the Bible talks about the body and talks about the arms, the legs, the ears, the nose, the the eyes, and and, and so on. And and it talks about the the body being perfectly fitted together. And over the course of the last few weeks, as I've enjoyed doing video and church online, as I've enjoyed the fellowshipping and the building the altar in my own home, there's something that I've missed, and it's the church united. It's the church together. It's the body coming together. And as I've worshipped in the context of my own home, I felt, I felt built up, but I've also felt there's been something missing. But guys, we're on a journey. We're on a roadmap to the reuniting of the church. Uh, another thing that I've uh, begun to uh, understand and reflect upon is simply this, that We need to identify and remind ourselves of the purpose of the church. And church is an integral part of the community. I remind myself from the the Gospel of Matthew, as I've been reading about the, the salt and the light. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And we realize that we as the church are the salt and the light. I believe over the course of the, that the last 20 weeks, uh, through God working through his Holy Spirit, he's taken the salt out of the salt shaker and he has put the salt into community. And there's purpose connected to that. You, you see, salt is no good when it is contained and remains in the salt shaker. The salt has to be shaken 
out of the shaker and over the food to produce flavour and savouring. And over the course of the last 20 weeks, that's exactly what God the Holy Spirit has done. He's taken the salt out of the shaker and began to put it out there into, into community. Also, the light, the church, the body of Christ is the light of the world. And once again, as I read in Matthew chapter 5, those wonderful descriptions and words that Matthew pens there, he says this, you don't hide your light under a bowl, but you put the light on a stand and the light gives light to all in the house. And maybe over the course of the last 20 weeks, what's happened is simply this, God the Holy Spirit has removed the bowl that has hidden the light and has began to expose the light on a stand and the salt and the light has been exposed to a watching world. I'm excited by, by that, I, I really am. So as I continue to focus on the church reunited, I began to ask myself the question, why, what, when and how? That's a, a, a lot of questions I've, I've asked myself there. And I've revisited the purpose of this house, the, the purpose of Riviera Life Church. Why do we exist? Well, we exist to help people grow strong and healthy God-centered lives. I believe we've done that over the course of the last 20 weeks as we've been operating and functioning outside of the framework of this church building, we've helped people draw closer to God, we've helped people develop relationship. Also, we recognise that the plan and the purpose and the mandate upon this house is to proclaim the good news, to rebuild broken lives and to restore hope and to renew community. I believe that we've accelerated that purpose through our actions and through our functions over the course of the last few weeks as well. And I've been reminded over and over again during the course of the last few hours as I've studied, prepped and made uh, preparation for this, that evangelism and discipleship are key elements to us as a local church. And I believe that over the course of the next few weeks, God's going to reveal to us a roadmap of how he wants to see his church reunited. I'm going to look at five areas this morning. I'm not going to uh, unwrap them too much because I'm aware of time and I'm, and I'm aware that actually these are a journey that I want to go on over the course of the next uh, few weeks with help from others who are going to help me on a Sunday morning. But I, I want you just to begin to think uh, about this. Church reunited. I, I want to focus on our, our worship for a few moments. I, I believe that God, there's a call to, to worship. Did you hear that? I believe that there's a call to worship. Church reunited, there's a call to, to worship. And when I talk about worship, I'm not just talking about singing. Currently, under the guidelines and the restrictions and the limitations placed upon us by the, those government kind of mandates and rules, we are unable to sing in this church. 
And if singing was the only measurement when it comes to worship, we would be struggling. So worship is not just about singing, dare I say this as well, that worship is not just about the amount of offering you put in the basket or you do by via uh, a direct debit. Worship is not even quantified only by the amount of hours that you give to volunteering when it comes to church. You, you see, true worship, and this is my definition this morning, in the church reunited, the definition of worship is simply this. True worship is defined by the priority we place on who God is in our lives and where God is on our list of priorities. That's my definition of worship this morning. You see, Matthew once again writes in Matthew 22, verse 37 to 38. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. As church reunites, I want you to be honest with yourself this morning. Don't try to pull the wool over your eyes. Don't try to deceive God. Don't try to deceive others. But I want you to begin to examine your priorities in church reunited. Does there need to be a reuniting between you and your creator? The creation and the creator. You and your sovereign king. Does there need to be a re-examining of priority? Where is God in the list and the order of priority when it comes to your life? Church Reunited, point number two, is simply this, that we need to reunite ourselves in, in fellowship. I've already intimated, signpost, highlighted that I've missed the gathering together, the fellowship. Believe it or not, church, I've missed you. I'm pausing there for a few moments because I'm hoping at that moment in time you're shouting down your TV screen, shouting down your computer screen. Ian, we've missed you as well. I, I, I'm not going to allow my mind to wander right now because I trust you have missed me as much as I've missed you. Have you missed the person you sat either side of? Have you missed the person who sat behind you or in front of you? Have you missed the person you fellowshiped with over teas and coffees in the corner over there? Have you missed the interaction? You see, Church Reunited is about fellowship, not just about worship, but about fellowship. The Bible talks about koionia, and koionia is a word, a Greek word that describes fellowship. It talks about the sharing of life experience together. It refers to participation. It also intimates about closeness of one person to another. Uh, another word to describe that closeness is the word intimacy. H how close do you allow somebody to come into your, your life? And the word koionia also refers to the way that I serve you and you serve me. And Church Reunited readdresses the importance of, of fellowship. And we need to begin to look for ways where over the course of the next few weeks we can have fellowship with one another. I, I want to be brutally honest with you this morning. And I trust I, 
I don't offend anybody, I, but I, I want to be honest with you. I, I don't understand those who don't desire fellowship. I just don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't understand those that come into church at the last minute and before the amen is said, they've left the church. They're not entertaining fellowship. They're not engaging with fellowship. And for me, they're missing the point because church is not just about the gathering and the singing. Church is not just about the testimony and the prayer. Church is not just about the word. And as much as I love preaching the word, church is about koinonia fellowship. Church is more than just Sunday morning for an hour and 15 minutes. Church is what we do together during the course of the week. Can I encourage you that you and I begin to look for ways where we can reunite ourselves in fellowship with those that are of like mind, those that we have done life with. I trust I'm making sense this morning and please forgive me if I've offended anybody in that last statement, uh, but I I just want to, my passion this morning needs to be felt and and seen. So we we talk about worship, we talk about fellowship. Another aspect to Church Reunited is the importance of discipleship. I, I, I use that word in a biblical way this morning. You see, when we read the Great Commission that the disciples received from Jesus himself, he said, I want you to go to a hill and you, you'll, you'll, you'll receive a great commission. The great commission was, go into the world and make disciples. Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. And reunited church, or church reunited, is about making disciples. I've discovered this, that the best disciple makers are those who desire to be discipled themselves. And as we are disciples of, we then have the ability then to transfer what we've learned, what we've been taught, what's been imparted into us. And as we are disciples, we then become better disciplers. I want to say this this morning, that growth isn't optional. As I read through the Gospels, as I read the story, the accounts of the the Gospels, and as I begin to read through the New Testament, I, I see this, that growth is not optional. Growth is a command. And growth can only come through wholesome discipleship. Getting into the Word. Following the example of those who have the ability to teach. You see... We're expected to bear fruit. In John chapter 15, we see the wonderful account of the the vine and the branches and the abiding together and the grafted in and the, the, the relationship between the branch and the vine. And we see this, that there's a command connected to that relationship that there will be fruit bearing moments. So discipleship is about bearing fruit. I want to ask the question this morning, what type of fruit are you bearing? What type of fruit are, are we bearing? And as we begin to church reunite and we begin to, to look at the whole thought process of how we can worship together, how we can 
how we can fellowship together and how we can disciple together. Uh, Guys, I I, want to bear fruit. You see, John chapter 15 talks about the cutting and the pruning. And the cutting and the pruning is to help facilitate fruit. And maybe over the course of the last 20 weeks, maybe the last 20 weeks has been about cutting and pruning. Cutting away of self and cutting away of programs and activities and moments that have not bore fruit. Well, the reuniting of, of church. I'm going to land this in a few moments' time. But the fourth thing I, I believe that God would ask us to begin to examine, to re-examine in the church reunited is, is about ministry. And every one of us has been called to ministry. You see, a few months ago, we had uh, Paul Gibbs from the Pays Project here, and he spoke so powerfully into our church. And since the the lockdown and the shutdown, he's also done a video recording for us, but this was the time he was actually here physically. He says, we have been rescued and we have been recruited. That's about ministry. And part of the church reunites or the church reunited, is for us to begin to prayerfully seek God and say, God, how and where can I serve the church as we are reunited? You you see, we are all called to ministry. There's a principle called the Pareto principle, and it's the 80-20 principle, where 80% of activity is done by 20% of those who choose to participate And that's a great reflection often of what church looks like. That 80% of all of the activity is done by the minority, the 20%. And I want to encourage you today as we begin the roadmap, the pathway to Church Reunited. Where is your ministry? Where, Where do you fit into the life of church? inside the church and also outside of the church. You see, we need to rethink the term ministry. Ministry is not for the selected few. But as I read my Bible, I see that ministry is not reserved for the elite or the extraordinary, but ministry is there for the ordinary, those who are willing to roll up his or her sleeves and get involved. And my prayer today is simply this. God, open the eyes of Riviera Life Church partners. Open the eyes of Riviera Life attendees. Open the eyes of Riviera Life Church crowd that they see the place where they can serve in in ministry because Church Reunited needs Spectators to become participators. And finally, I've got one, two, three, four. I've got four lines. Four lines on this this last point in Church Reunite. And it's about mission. You see, worship, discipleship, fellowship, ministry is all there to fulfill our our mission. You see, the church reunited recognizes that it gathers to be scattered. So we gather together. It's not about coming to a club. 
It's about coming to a place where one is equipped for service. You see, church services is to equip you and I for service. So the services is to help you and I service and to minister and to, to mission. I have a strong conviction that mission is about our ordinary, everyday lives becoming the incarnation of God's word within our world and our setting. In John chapter 1, it says that the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And mission is about God the Holy Spirit working in us and through us enabling us and empowering us to be the Word incarnate and enabling us to be the hands that reach out and represent the kingdom of God, to be the one who has a voice to speak creativity, creativity, to speak whatever the word is. You know what I'm trying to say this morning. But to speak that word of truth and revelation into our, our world, to be the ears to hear. You see, that's what mission is all about. And it wasn't by chance, it wasn't by coincidence that towards the latter part of 2019 and during that year, we talked about living a sent life. Little did we know that on the 23rd, 22nd of March, that that word of living a sent life would become a reality to us. That we weren't just living a life of coming and gathering, but we would live a life of being sent. Sent out into the highways and the byways, into the avenues and the cul-de-sacs, into the, into the streets, into the, into the community that God has placed us. You see, as we roadmap the church reunited, we cannot afford to be the same because God has a bigger plan and a purpose for us. And this morning, I trust that I've excited you. I trust that I've caused a stirring within your heart. And I trust through God, the Holy Spirit, he speaks to you because I'm looking forward to what God's going to do during the month of August as we plan church reunited and we begin to do church the way that God intends his church to be. Well, I trust that's helped you. Let me just move that to one side this morning. I trust that you're as excited as I am about the future. I trust that you are as excited about the plans that God has for your house and for my house and for our house. This morning, I'm going to make an appeal. And the appeal is simply this. Will you stand with me? Will you commit to, to building the local church here within this local geographical area of Torbay? And I know some of you are living on the outskirts of, of, of Torbay as well. I know that there are those living in Tingbridge and there are those that are, are living in Newton Abbott and there are those living in the far fields of Dawlish. I know that, but I, I want to encourage you this morning Please will you stand with me as we begin to say, here 
I am wholly available. As for me, I will serve the Lord. I'm looking forward to next Sunday. I've already got next Sunday's sermon under my belt. It's in my heart. I'm already carrying it. And we're going to look at the life of Nehemiah next week as we believe that we can rebuild this city and rebuild our community. Will you stand with me as we commit ourselves to God this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity of preaching your word. And I pray, Lord, that you'll take my rambling. I pray, God, that you will take the words of this mere man and, Lord, somehow you'll breathe breath and life upon it. And men, women, boys and girls will hear a spirit-filled message today. Father, I thank you that you are about to church reunited and you're going to do something amazing in us and through us in your wonderful name i pray amen be blessed be encouraged and fan into flame a passion to serve god love you lots